2: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing round 12, the first of the buy rounds, doing our bogs and flogs, talking about the targets coming off their buy and answering a lot of your questions. Let's go! day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. and joined, as always, by the co-host of the podcast, Luke
3: Rogerson. How are you, mate? Sickly. Sickly? Sickly today, mate. Yeah. I, I've been struck down by a devastating case of man flu. Oh, so.
2: mate. Well, I, I put a tweet out to say, obviously, we're recording this on the Tuesday. Normally, we record on the Monday evening, but... Uh, I thought it was because you uh, were just taking solace in Hugh Greenwood and, and just being empathetic and, you know. Yeah, poor, poor bastard. It hit got, you hard, that, that, yeah. that
3: concussion to he one got, of your players. He so. got crushed. Did you actually see the footage? Oh, I didn't turn? miss. I
2: missed that game. He got um, fallen
3: on. It was like a, a marking pad. We'll talk about it a bit more later. but yes. uh, No, just a head cold for me. I... I but he curled up in the fetal position at like five PM last night and went to bed. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit better today, but um, always better when we're talking fantasy, isn't it?
2: Of course, mate. Hopefully, it's a good remedy for you to, to feel a bit better afterwards. Anyway, so but we appreciate you you fighting through the man flu. We do. I don't know. Obviously, exactly. uh, it's a it's a very very serious condition that that we it all is. need to work <laughs> not through not to so. be underplayed. Not to <laughs> so. Be underplayed. But let's, uh, let's get stuck into it. First of the bar rounds, we've got a lot to cover, a lot of news and things like that to, to yeah. get through. But first of all, let's maybe just review the round by going through our favourite segment. And the winner of the Norm Smith medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment.
3: <laughs> always That's funny, sorry. yeah. Sorry. Love Sarah it. Grab always gets me. Love that. Classic
2: <laughs> Bevo. But we've got a few games to go through, a couple fewer games than normal. But starting on the Friday night, Melbourne versus Carlton. Uh, I've got the bogs this week, so best on ground goes to my boy who stepped <laughs> up when he needed to, Jacob
3: Van Ruin with a big oh.
2: 77, uh, his best
3: score of the year, right when I, I need him on my ground on the buy rounds. So that was clutch a in legend. the by rounds, wasn't it? This, this Melbourne Carlton game, just as an impartial spectator, uh,
2: Oh, how boring! <laughs> it was a boring game how to watch. I don't,
3: I don't want to cast any shade on either of the teams, but it just felt like
2: I'm sure um, the Carlton fans. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of talk about it that they're, they're yeah. not, you know. I think they're pretty aware of how how their team is going. i just can't... like we
3: were aware as a Richmond oh, <laughs> supporters. That's correct. correct. Of how and, poor we were looking. And Carlton have got such great players. We just want to show like want them to show some dare and some dash. Yeah. Side come off the back line and stuff. So they've got the talent. Um, absolutely. But, but man, yeah, the, the game starts anyway. Speaking of someone with talent that didn't perform and I know his owners will be very unhappy is Walshy, so he's yeah. our, he's our flog for this game. If you're a, a Walsh owner, things have been reasonably good up until now, uh, but I think uh, I, I heard that maybe that was his lowest score of his career. Yeah, I which think, is I think a I wild did hear statistics. Destroy say something about that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah.
2: that's pretty crazy. And and look, I believe it because of how gun how gun of a play he was in yeah, his yeah, first yeah. season. But yeah, fifty five points. Um, yeah, not just not going to get it done. One mark, two tackles, uh, gave away a, f- a few free kicks as well. Um, you know, playing off that half forward line a little bit more, so not really in the CBAs. So without the DPP and now with a poorer role than a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, not, yeah, probably not the time to be jumping on Sam Walsh, but again, someone will monitor. He will uh, be losing cash. But for
3: owners that have him right now, uh, that's not a good way to start yeah, your first round. No. Now this next game we were watching a little bit of and this this looked like it could have been a 200 point oh, dropping one point. Oh, yes. Didn't it? I
2: think they definitely let the foot off the gas, put Adelaide, Adelaide did, But hey. that first quarter, man, just
3: hey, they kicked 100 points by half time and, and one of the guys that was leading that charge was your uh, your Boggan's Yeah,
2: Bog Zaki Butters has been obviously we both jumped him. Did we jump him in the same round? I think it might be the same week. Uh, I think so. The week that so I went and, We and were both. we obviously got a first couple of 80 scores, but since then he's yeah. just been amazing. He's right up there in the brand load. Uh, votes at the moment. Zach Butters since moving into the midfield round, uh, midfield role, which was actually a couple weeks earlier than we brought him in, he has been averaging 108 points and that was in round four. So he, I think he had a couple of games in there. The one against the Bulldogs, I think it was at the, um, the gather round, was the mm. one that sort of alerted us and we sort of went okay and we got him in on round six. Uh, but since round four he's averaging 108 which would rival some of the Best midfielders in the game, and uh, a lot of people were a bit worried about his body and stuff like that. But he's just been a, a great pick so far, and uh, has been soaring up in price. So oh,
3: he's found some continuity, and I don't think there was ever an argument that he wasn't going to be an elite player. it's just whether his body could could stand up to the rigors of footy. So he, he's
2: definitely taken it up a notch, in my opinion, though, in terms of his.
3: Um, that like that, play. Comes, that comes with the continuity, but yeah, once you I do string see, yeah, a few agree. weeks together, you get yeah. that confidence. So now, um, looking on the other side of things from this game, Will Day was the flog that I've got in here, and and um, this is an interesting one because there there was a scenario probably prior to his suspension where we were sort of talking about, hey, this guy's a great pick and he could go on to be a top six defender, but it, are we thinking about? him not being a top six defender now? Like, what are are our thoughts? There's so many guys in that bracket, aren't there?
2: Yeah, look, he's... Look, from what we saw before his suspension, he was right around that mix, at least. He's probably not in that top echelon, but he could be in that mix for that, that five and six sort of spot. Um... The one thing I do want to draw our attention to is he was actually getting tagged in this game as well. So you said the flog goes to Will Day. The flog could very well go to Willem Drew, who was tagging him. Until <laughs> sorry, he, Will, Sorry. Until he uh, until he moved into a half back role to sort of get away from that tag in sort of the last quarter
3: and a bit. So do, um, do you see that as an issue? But given that he was is probably firming as one of the best players there at Hawthorne, That yeah.
2: But also. Why why are, you, why are we tagging Ben you tagging them? Him? Like, And they're up by hundred points. And they
3: kept it on him. Like it it's not like yeah. they let it go, which was which is very interesting
2: um, sort of move by them. Look, I still think he's probably going to be a guy that averages between like 90 and 95. Yeah. Which um, is good enough. Which is okay. I think when, when it comes to post buy time, like I don't think he's someone that we necessarily he's not a high priority in terms of trading him out at his buy, yeah. which is in a couple of weeks. Um, I'd still be trying to make genuine upgrades from like a mid price, are. you know, if you jumped on a Hobbs or, yep. or you know, a rookies um, in that round 12, uh, 14 buy, so sorry, you be might, making
3: that upgrade, but he might be a luxury season. But really. he,
2: he's probably maybe if you get him to someone like a lot of us have Doherty, not a lot of us have Sicily, you know, if you can get him to one of those players, I think they're clearly going to be better than him, but it's maybe down the priority list at this yeah. stage.
3: Yeah. Now, I've got a sneaking suspicion that you might want to do both the bog and the flog for this next game, so I might sit back and just let you go to town. On well,
2: well, first of all, they they kind of coincide with a trade that I did this week, which <laughs> I'll get into in in a second. But the bog for this one, Darcy Cameron, he came out and had a great game, one hundred and nine points. Um, we sort of highlighted him as a good player to to bring in. Um, you know, does some things with our our. Ruck line yeah. in terms of uh, covering that over the buy rounds was at a really good price, six hundred and sixty thousand or so. Um, someone who we've seen the the role improving. So he came out, did what he needed to do and and had a weird quarter by quarter breakdown. I don't know if you saw this, but he had like ten points in the first quarter, fifty points in the second <laughs> quarter, seven in the third, and then forty in the in the last quarter. So look, if it wasn't for those like first and third quarters, he could have had an absolute monstrous score, but still hundred and nine for a guy that you paid Less than 700,000. It's a great return in my opinion. So yep. he's the best on ground. The flog. And I'm going to dub this. His, this is the flog of the year so far. Uh, flog for a <laughs> multitude
3: of reasons. It, it just affects you.
2: <laughs> Jordan Degoey. Uh, okay. This is going to start my little rant. Jordan Degoey. Um, just the bump. Like, what were you thinking, mate? Oh, like, it, it just, now I've got a question for you as a, as a person who's probably played football at a higher level than, you know, well, definitely a lot higher level than I have, and my under-12s are what one about, season of, <laughs> of them, You were best on Grand The Grand Final, mate. I'm, oh, I actually, you know that. what? Maybe I'll, I'll take that back. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what's, why bump? What, why bump in that scenario? Is there actually like a football advantage of bumping instead of tackling? Yeah. Or is it just laziness?
3: Um, is it, like, what, why bump? I haven't played for a few years, but when I was playing there, there's definitely this notion of when when a player gives that hand pass over the top or kicks the ball, you stop their run on by like laying what we used to call, I don't know if it's the same, we used to call a bumper bar. And so in that instance, they've disposed of the ball um, you obviously can't tackle them after they've disposed, and so you lay a bumper So you don't bump. want to give away the but, free for holding the man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but what he did is, you know, to be fair, it's not a bumper bar. He's like, that's a full-on bump. and I oh, think- My
2: shoulder's connected right with his chin. I knew the second that I saw <laughs> oh, that. Like,
3: bad. as soon as I saw that, I've, I've my, my heart spattered. sunk for you because I knew that you, yeah. you traded him in. But, um, yeah, I think, like, players... Players can have brain fades, and yeah. I think this is one of these situations. So I, I don't necessarily agree with a heap of people who've come out and absolutely like crucified him for it because players, yeah. players make silly decisions. It's, it's a
2: split second kind of thing, right? It is, yeah. But oh, it, he's it's got a reputation,
3: obviously, which um, you know people will jump on. It certainly hurts. Now I, I don't think I think uh, in terms of your particular trades and how it impacted you, it, it sucked. But the Dagoe trade was kind of separate to your main move. It's not going to
2: absolutely kill me. Yeah. So the, the thing that kills me though is. The- the fact that I was weighing up between two different players from
3: the same team. Oh, hindsight hero. I know, he I know, I know. And, and look, I put
2: this tweet out like, and I, I actually scheduled the tweet to come out at the start of this game because I knew that it was going to be, you know, a, a hot take or whatever. And yeah, I talked about it last week and I'd followed through with it the whole time. And straight away, you know, I mean, it's, it wasn't even long into the game as well. It was like five minutes into the first quarter. He's on negative four at this time of the game. Yeah. And, um, Everyone's like, well, well, that that went up in flames, that sort of thing." But <laughs> I stand by the logic, right? Because the week before he scored 127 against North Melbourne, yeah, um, you know he's on the round 14 buy. I traded Warpool to get him. Someone commented, say that it's the wrong week to trade at Warpole, which I thought was you know a weird take of the trade. Oh, <laughs> but it's anyway, like it could have it could have been good had I gone the Tom Mitchell, which was the yeah. other way I was going to go. And if that was the case, people would be calling me a genius. I'd be, I'd be a, you know, I'd be ahead of my time. Do you know what I mean? But I, I traded in the wrong guy. Look, yes, obviously that's a
3: fail. That's a flop of a, of yeah. a result, but it's like, it's funny. The, the, what we love about the game, it's all opinion based. It's all like yeah. a lot of the. Stuff you're doing, you're going with your gut on particular trades and stuff. And so it's good fun. Like last week, you know, you, you was, we were both a bit smug because we'd missed a lot of bullets and then (laughs) it's come around to bite both of us. So uh, it's all, it's all part of the fun. I'll
2: I'll cop it, you know, call me an idiot, whatever. I don't, I don't mind. i have been calling you an idiot. I took a risk and people saying I'm sideways in premiums and that's not it and that's whatever. Like I stand by that. Obviously, I I use that as a (laughs) cash grab to make money. He's going to become a premium for me this week, but. Anyway, the other, the other thing on top of this, he took out one of our rookies-to-be oh, in, in Hewitt, who we were watching, could have maybe potentially got a few games yeah. for us over the byes, in a struggling side in the Eagles, but no, he's gone. Um, so, all around, Dugowie, just flog behavior. But, yeah,
3: man, if, if you don't laugh, you cry, hey? let's <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's in, but so the we good, don't th- the good news is, Walk so,
2: sorry, for- one more, one more. <laughs> His score didn't count for me. Oh. <laughs> His score actually got dropped off my team. So. I think Greenwood's
3: got dropped off my so, team. So,
2: yeah, <laughs> it, it, at the end of the day, it didn't hurt me as much as maybe it would have on another round. But anyway.
3: Oh, man. Anyway,
2: oh. Dugowie, see you later. You're out of Richmond and
3: uh, you won't be coming back to my team. I'm, I'm cracking up. Uh, we got to move on, otherwise you're going to blow up, bloody food yeah. anyway. Um Bulldogs in Geelong. Who is your bog?
2: Uh, bog, pretty easy one here. Timmy English. Oh, uh, funny story again with this one. Did, did the ball boys, this, I've got stories all day, uh, did the ball boys big boys and um, normally obviously English is a high, high appropriate. Like, he's literally of, a big boy. He, he's a huge boy, right? And just forgot him in my, in my side and, and it took someone commenting on the, oh, look I've got receipts, it took someone <laughs> commenting like, oh yeah, what about English against Geelong? And I've looked at my, my list there and I've gone, oh fuck. I've forgotten English. And, uh, yeah. So, you've had a mare, mate. You've I've had, had a mare there. with that one. So, obviously, he would have made my list. I definitely, he would have made that top four that I was really no, keen on. No, you should on. have just put him in one at hindsight, yeah, mate. hindsight, he was one. He would have made my top four. But if you did go with him, obviously, you were rewarded. Um, I don't think many people did this round. Because I think he's had a poor run against Geelong, but he's obviously yeah. put that to bed for oh, now.
3: Yeah, the Dogs haven't, but but he certainly has. Yeah, now, obviously, best on ground. Interesting floggish behaviour here because this guy actually pumped out a one thirty, and I, I didn't even realise this until I went back and looked at the stats today. Because yeah. I was, I didn't watch this game, and I just saw that you tweeted out Trelaw hamstring or Trelaw down to the rooms or something to oh, that yeah. extent. I think
2: he went down. And and I, and
3: I just thought, oh man, you know, poor Trelaw, he's done. And then yeah. I just looked at the stats today. One thirty, Yeah. Like, how's he going down to the room? 11 tackles, Yeah, yeah. So, what, did he go down to the room to get into the peptides or something? So, I, like, think,
2: I think he went down game? to the rooms, uh, might have been an ankle or something like that. Oh, so he's got jabbed. Um, got, got jabbed, come okay, back good. in, but so, okay, yeah, I just played out the game.
3: I immediately um, thought Trelaw soft tissue. But Yeah, yeah. So, just yeah. don't, the only reason I've given him the flog is just don't make your owners ride the roller coaster. Adam.
2: Well, I thought, well, no one, I don't think anyone owns him, but the other oh. reason I reckon he deserves a flog is that McRae... Bailey Smith, oh yeah, out of the CBAs. Uh, people have them in their that fantasy was my team, spicy take, so bro. yeah, they didn't quite go all the way to your spicy take, but yeah. uh, the role definitely, obviously, went south compared to the last couple of weeks as he was out of the team.
3: What about some boggery from the Gold Coast Adelaide game up in Darwin?
2: Uh, bog best on ground. I've got a value pick, which a lot of people were talking about last week. I unfortunately, I put my hand up, to say I was probably wrong here, poo pooed the idea. Ben Keys uh, is best on ground, absolute. Amazing game, and if you if you brought him in, um, well, props to you. He's gone up fifty seven thousand dollars. His break even is now twenty five. He's put up a massive score of one hundred and twenty three. His biggest of the season. Kicked two goals, uh, laid ten tackles. Just an all round excellent game. Yeah. for him, um, I'm sure going to get some questions on whether or not he's someone to bring in later. But if you got him in last week, uh, brilliant pick because he repaid the faith immediately.
3: Now, we were up in Darwin for that game, and we thought that it would be just a sweaty cuddle fest. Oh, yeah. it would just be He's like, had 10 tackles. <clears throat> we thought it'd be prime lead conditions, didn't we? Absolutely. We're both bringing in lead this week as well, and yep. um, despite what we've been told it feels like to be a lead owner, it certainly didn't feel real good in Haven't week one. Haven't felt it yet. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, I know Bales... Bales actually... The second pulled, lowest
2: score of the season. His lowest score outside of this game was round Round one. One.
3: Yeah. So, well, poor bloody Bales actually apologised to us. You don't, you don't need to apologise, Bales. We're making our own calls. He's the lead ambassador for the whole community. He is the lead ambassador. Takes it personally. um, You know, rightly so. But uh, no, I I don't think that that's going to be indicative of what Lady does for the rest of the season. I
2: think I heard someone say, and we were watching the game, but maybe not super closely on a Saturday night after, you know, a couple of poor results. I was in my feels about the Degoe thing, but. He apparently was tagged after quarter time by um, uh, David Swallow, I think, is the reporting because he had a good score, I think, 29 at quarter time and obviously finished with 81 for the game. So, I think there was some reporting that Swallow went to him
3: after that quarter time. So, hopefully... I hope that doesn't become a blueprint because Gold Coast went on to win that game. So, you hope that... uh, We keep uh,
2: saying that Dawson, tag Dawson. He's the guy. Um,
3: But maybe in those kind
2: of conditions, it is worth tagging uh, Rory Laird, so... We'll see. Um, GWS versus Richmond. Another, again, mid-pricer pick that absolutely went off in the first uh, round of people bringing him in. Kieran Briggs. Um, we were saying just before we started recording, he's got that role now. Oh, he's, man. He, it looks like he's he's the number one right I don't
3: know why you'd be playing around with Flynn or... He looks really good. Kicked, uh,
2: he's kicked a goal in every game he's played so far this season. Big, um, imposing man. Big, imposing player. <laughs> tackles well. Yep. Um, so I think he's just a guy that they're going to run as their... Number one, Ruck, whether it's a solo position, I would imagine stays there for now. But great return if you went, especially those Sean Darcy owners, you went down to him. I felt After like- that English um, score on the weekend, you're probably thinking, fuck, what have I done? I should have oh. just gone to English. Yeah. But if you did go to Briggs, I think, hopefully use that cash to do something else, then it probably was, the, um, with hindsight, the, the move to make.
3: Mate, there's there's a scenario where like he's put up, I think it's 300s in a row now. Um, just fact-checking on that. Uh, but Maybe one like- was...
2: 90 or something like that. So,
3: let's say he's GWS's number one big man now. Mm. If, if this is the kind of stuff he's capable of, like, what's to say... Yeah, he's gone 84, 111, 117. So, like, what's to
2: say he doesn't go on to... Well, look, I'll, I don't think he's going to be, like, you know, top two ruckman or anything like that. But he's probably capable of averaging, what, 90?
3: Mm. From here, he's going to make you some cash if you if you got absolutely. On this week absolutely.
2: Well. So his break even's twelve again. He's made the most amount of cash this week seventy two thousand in that's, one week. See that's the shitty thing for the he rest of he could go us. on and do it do that again. He could make another sixty thousand another week. Yeah, um, he, he'll get to $700,000, 750 really fast. Wish he was a rock forward or something like that.
3: Yeah. Um, now from that game, floggery. This guy's not really a flog, but I'm just sick of the fact that we didn't pick him to start the year and he's just pumped out. I think he's the second highest averaging player in the game or. He 's in that realm, and Tom Green pumped out i think a one fifteen or so for owners, so he 's not a flog, but I hate the fact that he 's not in my team so yeah, tom I would, green i 'm like, actually rooting against
2: him every week and uh, it's
3: terrible to yeah, say isn 't it ruining yeah. against players but
2: but well, for my fancy i 'm not wishing injury on the man, but I just hope that he you know spends a bit of time on the bench or something like
3: that you know <laughs> rest just- up.
2: Hoping those sort of things happen. But uh, let's move on to the last game. Essendon versus North Melbourne. Best on ground. Um, this man, I, th- I believe he's probably got it three weeks in a row. But mm. Zach Merritt. Um, we needed a captain to come home. Right. Um, Didn't we, we had the VC on Laird. Yep. And almost in a strange way, lucky we did. Because of my other player that we were talking about on the Friday show was Dacos. Mm-hmm. And Dacos was going to be my VC but we switched it to lead. You would have taken that. I would costume. have taken 114, so I think. I. Um, and had I gone lead and not got that VC, I probably wouldn't have gone merit. who won 55 last game of the round. My ranking, I think at that point was in the mid 2000s. Um, he I, clutched it, didn't he? He clutched it, biggest score. Um,
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
2: Biggest captain score I think I've gotten, or maybe the Marshall one a few weeks ago, but this one felt better because I don't think everyone
3: went him. Some people went Taranto, which he put up a 130. And that's the thing, we were, we were, I was, but he puckered up tighter than a snare drum there when Taranto went 130 and we were relying on on merit. It actually got me, um, I was messaging Holmesy. from the pod pot and uh, it probably got me over the line in that match, to too fair, yeah, after Greenwood went yeah, down. so probably same for myself um, as well. So. Poor buddy, poor Holmesy, can't um, catch a break at the minute, but yeah, um, merit well done. Now, flog for me is just straight up whoever fell on Greenwood's head because <laughs> I, I was just... It's a good pick as well, he's mate, looking nice. Talk about Greenwood, I had a hardwood at halftime because he, he <laughs> was playing very, very well, 49 points, and then just before they flashed to the bloody halftime ads my hardwood became a softwood very quickly because so it was right
2: on the halftime yeah the- so
3: basically it's like 10 seconds to go and they obviously they've wrapped it up the siren's gone and then just before they cut to the ad it flashes to basically like Greenwood's on the ground like this oh. and he tries to get up and you're just like no that blows cactus and without they, they said oh we'll come back and we'll confirm he's gone now. I was like they said don't worry about worrying about when yeah, you look done. like that on live yeah, television you'll not come back on the ground Oh good. Um, Sorry. There would have been a, you know, a few owners that got on so that was disappointing, but um that's part of the game.
2: Yeah, it's part of the game and obviously like we said, luck plays a big part in the game and and we're seeing it a lot. Like I think again the community, the the competition as a whole, everyone's getting wiser. Obviously we're all learning from the great man Selby who's put out this blueprint. We're all kind of picking it up and running with it and um it's getting harder and harder to do well in this game. And I think a few people have mentioned before, but luck is having an increasingly bigger imprint on the results of the the comp. So chalk that one up and and try and do your best to just move on.
3: Now, we're going to talk some news from the weekend because you've spent 15 minutes talking about Dugowie. So um, let's talk some news. Sorry, I cut you off there, but That's all right, all <laughs>
2: let's good. get into this news. Uh, so, a couple of things we'll talk about here that will affect um, what we're doing moving forward. But mm. Clayton Oliver is the top, uh, well, the number one story on the list here. He's expected to be back this weekend against the Pies. Definitely someone that I'm super keen to watch, first of all, and potentially target after his bye. So, Round 14 bye, hey. Yes, I'm just uh, while you go into the next one, if you want to yeah. no, yeah. do that, I'm just going to double check if um, many of the top 1,000 have sort of held on to um, yeah. Clayton Oliver or if anyone's jumped off, which I imagine most people would have.
3: Well, something that we want to, while Mitch checks that out, something we want to talk about again is the fact that Hawthorne threw those magnets around a little bit. So I think that um, maybe... Last uh, weekend in isolation, that game was a little bit uh, interesting in in sort of the fact that Port Adelaide got off to such a big start. But, you know, Dylan Moore uh, was a guy that they flicked around a little bit there. Obviously, you mentioned Day previously. He went back to shake the tag, which kind of helped his scoring a little bit at the end. But I think that'd be something that we kind of watch over the next couple of weeks to see whether that's a trend or whether that was just something that um, Sam Mitchell did.
2: Yeah, so a lot of these, like both Hawthorne and Melbourne... um, both have the round 14 bye. Yep. So we're watching these teams this weekend, not as like how we're going to jump on them now, but to maybe do something after their round 14 by to get them in for our squad for round 15. Yep. So Dylan Moore, for example, we talked about a lot of those guys uh, in the round 15 by the forward line. Yep. So if we see this weekend Dylan Moore come in and he's in the midfield, well then he's a cheaper forward line that's going to be there for round 15. For idiots like me who trade out <laughs> Errol Goulden, you might be able to jump on someone like that and plug into your forward line and yeah. at least hold down that position for a little while until you get him to a big dog. Um, or he might stay that way and you sort of ride that until the, the situation goes. The tough thing about the last game was they put him in there and in my opinion, they looked way better, but Port Adelaide probably also took their foot off a little bit. Oh, and, no um, you know, So it's it's hard to sort of decipher how much of that is just, okay, they've changed up their mix and they're going to ride this through a little bit more yeah. or did Port Adelaide just kind of let them into it and it's sort of a false yeah, I'd love sense to know, of um, success?
3: I'd love to know whether um, the fact that we want to see uh, Dylan Moore in the midfield, um, it, whether there's a fantasy bias behind that. Like, I'd like to hear from yeah. Hawthorne fans who are just looking at it from a footy perspective. Do you guys throw your hands up and think, why is he not in there or can you see? So if you you know want to comment below and let us know, that'd be legendary now some more news we talked about it but dego going to the tribunal we reckon three weeks um yep. i think that's pretty much where At least. it is it's not yeah. it's not three to four i'd say but i also do find it a little bit interesting like cast your mind back to earlier in the year when Cosy pickett knocked over bailey smith oh, i think what did he get one week did he he got two weeks two so weeks. if if bailey smith gets up just like because well, like, he and, bounced seeing, straight back Exactly. Up. If he gets yeah. up seeing stars and he's out for like a week or two with concussion. I reckon that's worse. It almost looked worse. but um, and, you know, well, The other thing I was going to think, I wonder if <laughs> I wonder if Fox 40 or KO are going to use this
2: bump in their advertisements <laughs> and things like that. Like they've been using Cozzy Pickett for the last two months. Like, <laughs> what are we doing, guys?
3: Uh, anyway, so... Uh, but yeah, I think If it's I a, see that, I'm going to lose my shit, though. It's, it's a three-game minimum for Dugowie, so keep that in mind if you were uh, one of the suckers that traded him in. What else we got from Newswise, Mitch?
2: Uh, just on that game as well, well, a couple of injuries from um, uh, Collingwood. Collingwood as well. So Will Hoskin Elliott had knee injury, and I think Beau McCreary also had an ankle injury and was on crutches. So does that uh, think, mean Shaggy? The airport. So Harvey Harrison, who we're dubbing Shaggy based know. on what? his um, his profile photo in the AFL Fantasy <laughs> app, um, it, it does that give him some short term job security as a guy that maybe even though he's got his buy next week. Is he someone that maybe we trade in this week as a cheap downgrade option? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. Um, Potentially a play. I don't know how
3: good I feel about it because, like you said, he does have a bite to come um, yep. and job security could be shaky, but I need some cash. I need some cash yes. money.
2: Yes, we do need some cash. And, again, he's a forward eligible player, so if he is there for round 15, it is someone that we can throw onto our ground at least to make up the numbers. Yep. So I think there is a, a world in which it is um, a play. Maybe just monitor the AFL.com's um, sort of injury reports yeah. and, and what they are there and how long those guys are out because that might help us That's correct. Uh, sort of see where he goes. But I think Jamie Elliott is also another player that's going to come back to this side, which he was probably in there to replace in the first place. Yeah. Um, we'll see. So We'll see how it goes. Elijah Hewitt obviously can cast from that to go He hit. Yep. He's obviously out for next week, and I think then they have their bye the week after. So he's not going to be back until at least round 15. Yeah. Um, we talked about Trelaw before he was back in. Caleb Daniel had zero CBAs. McCray was, still scored well, was down. They? I think he moved into defense. Okay. One, um, and I think there was another injury. Was it Ed Richards also got Did injured he? as well? So okay. Caleb Daniel and Bailey Dale might get a little bit of a boost from that. And then obviously Bailey Smith also had a reduced CBA role. I think he only had like nine out of 30 yeah, CBAs. He so and McCray were around um, that mark, weren't they? Yeah. Probably, if you have them, you just got to write it out. If you don't have them, I would be waiting until that changes yeah, before, before
3: bringing them in. Poor Ed Richards, six weeks. I have just read.
2: Yeah, so yeah, a couple play, of good couple Ed of Richards. defenders for the dogs down. So that yeah. Bailey Dale move that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Oh man, if could, people got on it, could come really good. Yeah. Um, going to the next couple of news from the Suns. Um, Rory Atkins. A lot of people are going to talk about him as a trade-out option. He has had a role change in his last couple of games. So, played a defense before, but Joel Jeffrey has come back into the side. Playing forward previously has now moved into defense, which has pushed Atkins onto the other wing from Braden Fiorini. I don't know
3: if that's good for Atkins, to be fair. I don't think it's good for him at all. No, uh, I think not I'd be rather that, him in defense. cheap pill. But I did see something that was good for his job security. After they won that game, he, he dapped up the coach. He got a big, you know, oh. one of those, you know... Little bro, you bro know, shakes. Of, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I feel yeah, like okay. an old person. Bro shake, cuddle in. I thought, ooh,
2: Oh, okay. Hang on. He's in
3: Stewie, Stewie Jew's little circle. Well, maybe, maybe? Yeah, maybe Stewie Jew just thought he was Matty Rail or something. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're oh, a at Atkinson. Go over over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Look, it's going to be something that we'll talk about in
2: terms of um, the chopping block later, yeah. but I think that it is important to note that, at least for the majority of this game, there was some talk maybe he went back at the end and junked it up a little bit, but for the majority of that game, he did have a different role. Um, I think Brendan Ellis is still not in that side as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a few different moving parts there.
3: I'd rather Ellis on the wing. Uh,
2: I right personally against. would too as well. Um, we talked about Swallow. He went to Laird after quarter time. The other thing in the next game that we're talking about tags, Marlon Pickett for the Richmond um, Tigers tagged Rosie, I think it was, the week before. Yeah, didn't yeah, do yeah. a hell of a job, but they that was a one-and-done kind of thing, it seems. so. Yeah, that was weird. Important when, it, when we're talking about captains and things like that. Um, just making note that Pickett didn't do any tagging. He moved into the forward line. Richmond yeah. got a win. So I'm crossing my fingers that that was just kind of a one-game experiment
3: thing. Yeah, Pickett kicked the winner too.
2: Yeah, he did. He did, actually. So, yeah, looked good in the forward line. Uh, took a few good grabs as well. So I think at least for the next few weeks we'll persist <coughs> with that. And then along with the Hugh Gridwood concussion, Jai Simkin also um, was concussed as well. So a couple of players out of the ruse. It looks like LDU is a test for this week. And also as a result of that, during that game, Taryn Thomas got a bunch of CBAs in the middle as well. And, uh, yeah, I guess maybe one to monitor Whoa. as a cheap guy. The only problem is round 15 bye.
3: Yeah, it was a it was a few years back that he had that big end of year run, wasn't it? Is I think it, he went like right 105 post by I think two or three years ago.
2: Yeah, so he's he's playing for his footy life. Maybe one to, to think about. To um, but yeah, maybe more so just to monitor at this stage, I would say. Yeah, okay. uh, but LDU also is potentially back this week with a couple of those guys going out, and as much as we've been burnt in the past, he is he is bloody cheap. I'll tell you that much.
3: Oh, for sure. You ready to throw the headband on? Let's throw the headband on. What give do we us, got? Give us the sound effect, mate. Oh, fuck. Which one is it, actually? Oh, oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Man. Let's do this one. Oh, you went on the back. I went on the front of the headband. Oh, I don't know. What, what the hell was we that? We were in sync, though. We were. Shopping block. Okay.
2: Another tricky round. Yeah. Round 13. Different to most years because... Now we'd be just trading guys out on their buy, yep. getting them to guys who have already had their buy, doing that simple little upgrade. But this year, round 13 is the good buy, yep. as everyone's been calling it. Yep. you got Gold Coast and um, Geelong players. So we'll talk about some players on the chopping block. Some of them we'll talk about them. So, But the obvious ones are your red dots. So players who are out Greenwood,
3: I think. Chop, he's gone. Can, can we dig more into that? Because this is the thing I, I was going to sort of ask you about. It, it sucks because, you know, he's going to have his buy as well as the fact that he's out this week. But because there's the potential for me to field a heap of guys this week and Without him. hold him, is there like a scenario where you entertain holding a guy? I, I Yeah, I there may be a scenario. Like say Greenwood
2: comes out and from now he's like a, a 90 averaging player, which I think is... You could expect that reasonably if he stays in that um, midfield role. It could be a good then hole. for his price, he's underpriced. Yeah, he's definitely has the potential to outperform that price tag. Where I would sort of hedge my bets the other way is to say that well, he's missing this round concussion. Yeah. He's going to be there in round 14, sure, that might help you that round. Then he's got another buy round. He's got the shittest buy round. He's got the shittest buy round. He's also (laughs) not a player that you're going to have in your side as as a completed side. He's not a keeper. He plays midfield, so he's a good 20, 25 points away from the best in that line. Yeah. So the value of him helping you in round 14 and... Being there after his buy, it's just kind of not worth the headache. you just
3: be holding him for
2: one game. You're He's holding him for one game. In price his break-even is still low, but it's not low like it was last week where yeah. it was like 15 or 10 or whatever it was. It's 46. Um, there's uncertainty with players like LDU coming back yeah. in. You know, he's out as long as uh, Simpkin's out. Yeah. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. So for me, true. like you just cut your losses. The upside is not worth the potential headache. So All I right. think that he's a pretty clear trade, I think think, in my opinion.
3: I think you summarized
2: that pretty well. Um, similar story with Dugowie. He's probably out multiple weeks. So he's not going to be there for your buy-around. So get rid of him and yep. cut your losses there. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone else, but say you have like a Simpkin or something like that. Yeah. Same kind of story. Yeah, true. Yeah, Those guys you get rid of.
3: Um we just fall into talking about the guys that are at our team. Oh right? bloody hell. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no one wants to know about our team, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well apparently not. Um but other ones they're non playing rookies. This is a little bit of a grey area. So you you had red dots like Drury, Roberts, Fleeton. In my original plan I was hoping to get rid of some of these guys. What
3: what if you so let's talk about those red dot rookies. What if they just can't make any money? So a guy oh, like Drury, like thing. what's he he's like two thirty, two twenty? Could even be Yes. Yeah. So two twenty is Fleeton, I think
2: Drury is two thirty
3: four. So he costs the same as as Shaggy. He costs the same as. Um, it's a the sideways guy, Orphan, sometimes McDonald. an upgrade move. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so are you considering turning those guys like a Fleeton or Roberts? You're in thinking of turning them into like a Johnson from Fremantle or or no? What's the the
2: name? way I would if if you have an extra trade and you can turn if you could do an upgrade with two moves and with your third move get one of those red dots to a um a guy coming off their buy. Okay. So a Johnson is the guy that we're sort of gonna be talking about yeah, a fair still bit. Like 60, he's like three he? forty I wanna say. Kid, okay. Um so you're paying up. You're probably paying a hundred thousand yeah. dollars to do that. Shit, that's hard. Um then I like that. But the thing that a lot of those basement price rookies have yet to have their buy. Yeah. So do you go to a Harvey Harrison, he plays this week, he's not there the week after who knows if he's there for round 15. It, it's, a, it's a nothing move, oh, in my tough. opinion. It, it's really it's really not... It's not really what we want to be doing because it doesn't help you all that much. So you
3: have it's a really cash. tough spot.
2: So I think I, I only tick those ones off if you have to get to a player that's coming off their bye. Okay. And at least they're there for this round and if they keep performing, they're there for the rest of the, the bye round. So I like that. Or if there's a rookie that you a really just gung-ho on. Like, you think this guy's the yeah. dude, like, I don't know. The dude, like, I don't know, dude, if, you, if you looked at Harvey and you bro. watched Harvey Harrison's uh, game and you went, yeah, this guy, and you're a Collingwood supporter <laughs> and you've got a bit more insight to us, and you think, nope nah,
3: he's in there for the next six weeks, then you do that. Oh, I just don't know if I see that player out there. If, if you see McCreary, Hoskin, Elliott, Dugowie, and you say, okay, they're not going to be there for the next couple of weeks, is it a move that you're then more uh, bullish on? Potentially, yeah. And there's there's a world where it, where
2: it pays off because we need cash still. We still need cash generation yeah. because the thing that I'm struggling with my team, and again, not to harp on my team too much, but to make those upgrades, the luxury upgrades, like I'm going to run out of cash on my bench players to, to do that, to facilitate that. And with the rookies not coming through in terms of those cheaper ones, yeah. it's hard for me to do that because these guys that are red dots are not, not generating cash. My team value yeah. is
3: slowing down. And this is a good segue because I noticed the next dot point you've got in there, but your your move last week was Goulden to Cameron, essentially. And, yeah. you know, th- that move was sort of brought from that that point of not having... Um, cash generation happening so much on your bench that yep. you think, okay, well, if I can, I didn't off... want to get rid of like a Wilmot for example. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, like, you, you're thinking, okay, if I can get rid of Goulden at the top of his price cycle, yep. pick up Cameron at the bottom, and get a top six average yep. in Ford, um, that's a good way and to still get an cash. upgrade from a rookie to a premium mid and lead. Yeah. So that being said, talk to us about this next dot point that you've got here, Zebel and Sheasel. Talk to so, us about those guys. <laughs> this is this is again, and I'm considering a move like this.
2: So uh, two as, weeks in a row, you are yeah, spicy, I man. And well. It's it's not even like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's it doesn't fill me with confidence, and I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have to. Well, if I had other options, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm less feel good about this. But a, a Zebul, for example, he's priced at what is his price? Um, he's priced at eight hundred and fifty four thousand. His break even is one hundred and thirty eight. At a priced at figure in terms of an average, Zebul is priced at. What is he priced at? Where have I got him? He's priced at 101. Okay. Do we think that he's going to do that for the rest of the season?
3: I think I think that's overs.
2: When I traded him in, I had him projected at about 92, I think was what I was expecting him okay. to do, or 90 to 92. He then went and did that 168, yep, which was massive. Um, so he's obviously been great. But he probably, in my opinion, is a little bit overs. He's got round 15 coming up. He's 32 years old. So he's a guy that you could potentially make some money. It's not much, but if you compare a move of like a Zeeble to like a Jack Sinclair, Sinclair is 830k. You're not making much. You're making about 24k. But it's the same amount of money you would potentially making from one of those red dot rookies to like a Harvey Harrison. Yeah, And... Again, you've got question marks of whether Harvey Harrison's going to be there in round 15. The difference is, though, is like if Harrison is there, then he's going to make a whole lot more money, yeah. whereas Sinclair's not going to make a whole bunch more. He's probably fairly priced, in my opinion. But the value of Sinclair is that he's already had his buy, so you're picking up an extra round of scores. Um, this, the sheasel thing is a little bit different, though, in my opinion. Now, he's probably not someone by the looks of things that he's going to be best 22. Yeah. But the difference with him is he's actually probably priced more fairly, in my opinion. So he's only priced at seven hundred and seventy two. So about seventy thousand cheaper than a Zeebel. And if you put them side by side, like who do you think averages more Zebel or or the rest of the season?
3: Maybe you say Zeebel, <laughs> but I'd but be, maybe be, not much. I'd be guessing. Yeah. Be a guess. What do you what do you think about if I wanted to make a hundred K this week? What about oh, I was going to say sheasel to like Darcy Cameron. I know Darcy Cameron has the round 14 buy, so you'll yeah. only be getting him for a week, and then he's getting a buy. But at this point right now, it makes you 100k cash. I reckon two weeks from now, it's not going to make you Might It might even cost you. That's
2: very, it's a tough one, I think, because the strategy we said, and we'll go into our trade target soon, and we're going to talk all about round 12 buy players. Yeah. I still think the strategy of getting round 12 buy players this week trumps trading in a guy who potentially looks like a great play and they've got to buy the next week because there's a few guys like that. So would that um, be
3: would that be the perfect play coming off? so shezel has round 15, Cameron has round 14. so coming off the round 14 buy. That would be a good play, do you think? Like a Sheasel to Cameron type thing. They're going to be probably similarly priced. Yeah, I think that that
2: might be a better play than doing a Zeeble to him now. Yeah, if that makes sense, and making that cash, it might be a bit more of a sideways move. But it's tough. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't have that crystal ball in front of me. But it's sort of the way I see it is that. A player like a Darcy Cameron, let's use him as an example.
3: You'd get the benefit then of, the, of covering English on your ruck line then as well if you went Cameron on that week you going would. into the round you 15. Would. Which is
2: why he was such a good um, buy last week because <clears throat> everyone still had a buy coming up. Yeah. Darcy Cameron's got a break even of 76. He comes out and does another 110. He's not going up all that much. He's still yeah. going to be under 700,000. So in round gonna,
3: 15, he's still going to be a good buy. And you'll still make money going from Sheasel to he's him. He's still going
2: to make money. Like Sheasel's break even is not quite as high as a Zeebel. So his break even is, I think, 117 from memory. And
3: you, you would do that trade as part of. Getting an upgrade somewhere else, do you know, it's like, yeah, do you know what I mean? So the the end goal at the end of the buys is to have your team full of premium. So even though it's doing like a Sheezel to Cameron might feel sideways, it's a cash grab to then hopefully get you an upgrade, yeah, elsewhere with those. It might be that seventy k that you
2: need on top of potentially like a chinkotta down to yeah. uh, another rookie. Just so that might only make you one hundred and fifty thousand. You might need an extra seventy k to get, you know, that fat and rookie or mid-pricer up, and that might be the way that you can facilitate doing that. It might not work for every team, and you might actually just have to wait until luxury trade season because I think uh, it's just a little bit awkward with the guys coming off the buy rounds, and if Sheezle or Zeeble or whoever it is puts up another poor score, their price will start to come down uh, pretty quickly. Our hope is that this week Sheezle gets close to that 100. Again, only goes down a little bit does a similar kind of thing next week. And maybe over the next two weeks, he loses 20 or 30K. It's yep. not a huge hit. Um, but if he puts up a couple of poor scores and goes down 50, 60K, it's going to make that move harder to do. Yeah. Um, so Far in that scenario, use. you might just have to hold him and hope that he comes good or, or potentially we just look to start to upgrade him later. So it is very awkward. Um, I prefer if you're looking at trading out either one of those two, I think Zeebel's the one to go, okay. simply because his break-even's high and he's got more money on his head, so you can probably do more with it. Um, even though Zeebel maybe is probably the guy you'd say averages more from here on out, I think that the fact that his price is going to go down quicker and he's got more money on his head, you can do something a bit better to it. So I'm tossing up whether or not to do maybe like a, a him to a Sinclair or him to a Hayden Young or one of those other guys coming off their buy-around. Yep. Um, make a tiny bit of money, get an extra weeks of scoring, potentially get a better player in the long run as well, and then hopefully that 20 or 30K I can use somewhere else instead of doing like a little red dot fix-up to a rookie that I don't even know is going to be there in two weeks. So that's the question for me.
3: Now, we're sort of talking chopping block here in, in combinations. You've got yeah. Fiorini and Atkins as the next couple of guys to talk about. Was Was the intention of having these guys to ride them all the way through the buys? I think... It's it's
2: kind of an interesting uh discussion point because I think when we were buying them or when, when other people were getting them into their sides, you sort of like used the round thirteen as like a selling point for them. Yeah. But I think in my opinion, that was always if if everything went well, it's like that's the home run pick. Yeah. The the round thirteen by being a positive was more in my eyes applicable to players like a Tom Stewart, a Noah Anderson, keeper, a Matt Rowell of you know, if you believed in him. Like those guys that you wouldn't mind being in your team at the end of the buy rounds. Um, so for <coughs> me, those guys, uh, they've done their job. You got them in at a time where they were very cheap. Rory Atkins is 547000 You probably got him at about four hundred k. He's made nearly $150,000. Cool. That's great. Cash it in. I think you cash it in now, yeah. despite him having the good buy, because at the end of the day, He's a guy that you're going to want to upgrade. Yeah. So why not upgrade him now when he's not contributing to your team? And so if you get him to around twelve buy player, well then he's going to do. They're going to fill the same amount of buy rounds. It's true. Anyway.
3: So so you might cash him in for a guy like uh, Johnson. Yeah. 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 You
2: do the same Come thing. Johnson's life. going to play the same amount of games um, that contribute to your buy rounds from what here as Aquins you? would. Um, so that would make you a bit.
3: 300,000. Oh, sorry, 200,000. 200,000, yeah. yeah. I mean, which is good. You can then go and throw that... 191. ...on top of someone else. Uh, Yeah, and so you could do that and Fiorini up. So something
2: like that. So in my opinion, just because they're on their round 13 buy and the original plan was that if all went well, you'd hold them through the end, I wouldn't let that stop you from getting out of what is clearly a sinking ship in terms of... um, yeah Fiorini is is going backwards in price yeah um, so he's he's probably someone that a lot of people actually jumped off him last week we had him on our chopping block last week I think
3: that he's a guy you get off now while he's on his buy and just cut your cut your losses especially if you've been able to get all that cash chain because even even if you you're running with that notion of now nah, ride these guys through their buy. Like you said, it's irrelevant now because you can trade in guys off around 12 buy, but yeah. the other thing, you could get to the end of the buys and think, shit, I, I haven't actually made much cash off these buys. <laughs> That's right. They, well, well, actually, I think, I think Braden Fiorini... I think I probably bloody lost cash on I mean, him um, when I traded him last week. So yeah.
2: After his 112, and a lot of people got him in that week eight, he was 559000 He's 589000 So he's only made 30000 from that trade. Yeah, um, that was probably me, I think. <laughs> I think. Did you trade him last week?
3: I got rid of him last week. So so. he was
2: 619. So you made, made what, 50K? Oh, it still
3: doesn't feel good, but does
2: it? Yeah, 50K on that move. Um, If you trade him out now, you've made 30K. If you trade him next week, he might actually be below than what you purchased him for, and he's done absolutely nothing for you. So um, I think that you get rid of him now and try and get him up to a premium, in my opinion. Um, uh, Bailey Humphrey is a different story because I think he is still generating cash. Yeah. So my plan for him is to hold him. He's got a low break even um, at 35 He's someone that I think that if you have him, he's a guy that I'm planning to be there yeah. around 14, 15.
3: Good player to root for as well. He's, he's quite a talent, isn't he? Oh, he goes for it, doesn't he? For sure. Um, last little dot point you got here on the on the chopping block is just kind of those failed or topped out mid-prices. So guys that fit into the mold like a Kennedy, a Warple a peddler at this point. Yeah. These kind of guys have done what they need to do for you and they're, they're your, they're your um, springboard, aren't they, to yeah. your, your underprice premium.
2: And, and a lot of these guys won't be on their buy-around. So you might be thinking, oh, well, I'll wait to trade them on their buy-around or whatever, but... I think it's fine to go early on these guys because they've done their job. Now that you can bring them in around 12. Um, And also now that they might not potentially contribute to your best 18 scores anyway. This round in round 13 is all going to be about ceiling. And if you can get the best 18 with a high ceiling, that's going to put you in a good round now. And if you can get a round 12 player in that will help with that, they're going to be there for the rest of the buy rounds and you might be ahead. And maybe you can trade rookies on there around 14. On their round fourteen by. Well,
3: the the point that you make about these particular guys n- maybe not contributing to your your overall score is a good one because you so you got rid of Warple and got into Dugowie. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I think Warple did an eighty, Gowy did a forty, but Gowy's score dropped off. So like maybe you only st- had you kept Warple, you stood to gain like maybe. 15, so my lower, was, my lower score was
2: my lowest score was sixty eight. So I what, think twelve points. So it'd be go. about fourteen points. I think Warple got uh, eighty two. Okay. So I lost. 12 points from that, that trade. Yeah. And, and he had a low break even, so his price just stayed the same. So,
3: so it's like, um, yeah, th- these, are p- this is potentially the time to make those trades because, yeah. like you said, you can hide behind that a little bit as long as yep. you don't have too many stinkers. Yeah, exactly. I lost,
2: I lost 12 points in the absolute worst case scenario. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so that's like, there was always a risk in that. Yeah. The upside was he goes 120 and I make 40 points on that. So, and I'd go up a bunch of cash. Obviously, that didn't happen, but, the logic is there and that's why uh, those sort of things happen and again while you can you can cut bait on those mid prices now to try and get that high ceiling guy with a good matchup this week
3: now before we talk uh, trade targets do you want to review our spicy tax from last week oh yes let's do it
1: all
2: right I'll start with mine which was um, uh, a big flop (laughs) Darcy Cameron to be the highest scoring ruck this round. Bloody uh, Briggsy got him. Briggsy got him. Obviously he Tim really English went him. huge as well. But Good look, artist. he still did well. Um I yeah thought that the the match with Geelong and English might have reduced that ceiling. Yep. And obviously, if Darcy Cameron put a couple more quarters like his second and fourth quarter, I was going to say uh, uh, he might have got there. But uh, obviously, yeah, that one was a flop. But I won't. Go ahead and give myself that one.
3: Now, I'm going to go ahead and give myself this one. Just, (laughs) you know, keeping with that motif of giving yourself a spicy take that's absolutely nowhere near. But I said that McRae and Bailey Smith would both go sub 80 this week. McRae turned up, mate. Uh, yeah, but I've gone down the road of you, and I'm just going to start giving myself these spicy takes. So the the reason the reason why I'm mucking around, of course, but the reason why I've started to think that is is just like what were we expecting? Is we were expecting Trulor to come back in, and we were expecting um, CBA percentage to come down for McRae. And well, we Smith. thought
2: the Trulor might be eased in and maybe do a bit more of that wing or half order. Or he half was back, certainly not, but eased he was in straight back in CBAs. there. Yeah.
3: And so yeah. we did see that just in fine bevo form. Yep. Um, the that, roles
2: changed straight back away.
3: So yep. like if, if you've if you own uh, McRae or Bailey Smith, you obviously got that forward status, which is awesome. Uh, but week to week, man. They're probably gonna bevo, be nineties,
2: ninety five. Yeah, they'll be close maybe enough to the mark. Nearly, nearly hundred, but
3: imagine riding that bevo roller coaster, eh? Yeah. Not 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 a ride you wanna be on. Okay, so in summary, our spicy takes Flopped. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah, let's not, not a good week for twice a day. talk. Trade targets. This trade is targets. Spicy week. We've got guys coming off their buy.
2: All right. So guys coming off their buy, you'll notice on these trade targets, they're all going to be um, they're all going to be around twelve players because this is the um, this is the strategy, right? You, you get a guy coming off their buy, they're going to contribute for the rest of the buy rounds. Yep. Um, and they're going to help you increase the amount of total players you have for the rest of the buys. Now we'll start going through defenders. I've got four names on this list okay and we're going to sort of talk about like as well where we see them fitting in terms of like the best 22 okay uh, and whether you think they're, in, like they're the, in there
3: they're locked in the best fantasy 22 or the best at their team the best fantasy 22 so Overall. like like your your Roy's role in 22 or oh, whatever that's copyright mate you shout can't. out to the traders
2: shout <laughs> out to the traders <laughs> I was just
3: trying to work out whether you're talking about their actual football team or whether, whether
2: yeah yeah, team. yeah no no like the fantasy the best 22 okay. that we want to have ideally yeah. in our teams by the end of the year so okay. in name. the Defenders. Uh, I'll throw maybe these first two names at you: okay. Jack Sinclair yep. and Hayden
3: Young. What okay. are your thoughts on those boys? And and do you have a pick out of the two? Uh, my pick would be Sinclair. Yeah. Um. But let me preface. Yeah. Everything we say about defenders here, I really only think there's a couple of guys locked into that top six defender bracket. Mm. I, I feel like those remaining three or four spots are just like. This. Well, let's let's
2: do one off the cuff here. Like if we <laughs> okay. if
3: we did top six. Yep. Like I think locked locked away, you've got Dawson, Dakos, Doherty,
2: Doherty, the three Ds. Would yeah. you put Sicily in there?
3: Um, locked in. If if what he said the other week about his role is true, true yes, yeah, I think Easily. he would be my fourth. Yeah, so you got four, and then who do you put as those next two right now? Do you put Sinclair as that next one?
2: So this is where this is where you can have a, a clump, right? And this yeah. is where you can talk about players being. In and around the mark. I think you've got Tom Stewart, who will be in and around the mark. I think Sinclair will be in and around the mark. Um, Zebel has a potential to be there. Hayden Young, I do think, has a potential to be there. Will Day, Sheezle are probably six guys that have to fit into that last two spots.
3: Luke Ryan's averaging, buddy.
2: Luke, Luke Ryan, yeah, well, we'll talk it's about ridiculous. him in a second. But I think there's probably at least six to seven, maybe eight players that could fit in that yeah. last two spots. So I think Sinclair and Hayden Young are there. They're by no means guys that are locked into that. That yeah, you know, the, I think there's four, like we said, but they're there in abouts. If oh, that makes sense. If that, like, uh, at least in my head, it kind of like illustrates the priority of how much urgency we should be trying to get these guys in there.
3: If if you don't have Sicily in your team, are you targeting a different position this week and waiting for Sicily to come off his round 14 bye and bringing him in? potentially because he so he comes back for one week his break even is at 55 so you'd have to think he's going to go up significantly but if we think, if we think that he's locked into that role where he doesn't have to be accountable, then bro, he's like he's going to be a top six defender. You would think. Yeah, I think so. I, I would. I would definitely think so. So, would you prioritise bringing in, let's say, like a Lockie Neal or a Sarong this week, and targeting those kind of guys, and then thinking, okay, well, I do my defenders. I
2: I do agree that there's probably more certainty in terms of like best twenty two guys in the mid midfielders coming off their by this round. Yeah, um, there are a couple of. Like, Sinclair averaged 103 last year um, and had a big second half of the year. So I think that of all of them, he's probably got the highest ceiling of those guys and potential to join that sort of clear top three or four defenders. But the inclusion of um, uh, and Minera going into defence, I think has sort of... I, I got through that well, mate. You, <laughs> you always butcher that, I eh? did. Um, N-A-W. I um, NAW. I think he, he's kind of limited the ceiling of Sinclair, although okay. we have seen it. He scored that 140 a couple of weeks ago, um, but it's just been a lot of like 90s and low 100s so far this season, which might still be enough. He's averaging 96. I think he could probably get close to 98 to 100 um, for the rest of the season, but. It's not like clear have to move heaven and earth to get this guy in. If that yeah. makes sense,
3: no, I agree with that. Now, um, Frio boys, I can't believe we're still bloody selling the Hayden Young ticket, but but Hayden Young well, and Luke Ryan, a
2: couple, a couple of Smokies. I'll, I'll <laughs> loop look these next two guys together: Luke Ryan and Jake Lloyd. I'll also throw in there as well. He's coming off yeah. his buy. These guys, I would, they're unique. They're points of difference. Luke Ryan obviously has a ceiling. He started the year off amazingly. Um, I would put them a little bit behind like your Sinclairs and Hayden Youngs, and he's actually pretty much the exact same price, $1K more than a Hayden Young. Um, but he's obviously probably going to be a little bit more unique. He hasn't had as many floor games compared to someone like a Hayden Young, but historically when we look at Luke Ryan, he actually has a ceiling and he has a pretty low floor as well. So yeah. he's a guy that comes with a bit of risk, but being a point of difference, they've got Richmond this week. Um, their run home is okay for the rest of the season. But he is definitely someone that, uh, if you told me at the end of the season that Luke Ryan was a top six defender, I wouldn't be completely shocked. Yeah. I'd be a little bit surprised, but it wouldn't completely shock me. And then Jake Lloyd is the other guy in that discussion. Again, just from a more unique point of view, he's a guy that's obviously done 110 in the past, but hasn't been at the last couple of years. Um, he's coming off the back of a 123 against Carlton. So his break even is lowish, eight hundred six thousand. Again, all very much in a similar eight hundred k kind of price tag. It's more just that unique matchup, yeah. I and think for, he
3: has the Saints this week as well. I mean that that does make that somewhat tempting. But I think the thing, and I, I don't really have stats to back this up off the top of my head, but Sydney are looking to bounce off half back a little bit more, less chippy chippy. And I think yeah. I actually think um, there's other guys that are taking more kick ins this year. Am I right? Because Lloyd took predominantly. Uh, yeah, slushy. I think uh, the Lizard Blakey. is doing a bit of that. I see he signed until um, 2031. What's that, sorry? Did you see that the Lizard signed until 2031? Oh, did he? Yeah, that's a massive signing. Oh, good man. I don't know what I'm having for lunch tomorrow and he's signed to
2: 2031. <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? They've got to lock that one down. He's a key part of their team. Yeah, bro, um, sure. I'll, I'll look up the kicking stats right now, but yeah. I think I think those are guys that you could do worse that if you've maybe say so you've got already a Sinclair or a Hayden which I don't think many people would, but... Um, you could do worse in getting a lot of those boys in there. But I think they're the only real ones that we're targeting
3: So while defenders. So while Mitch gets those kick-in stats, we'll uh, turn our attention to some midfielders because this is where I'm turning my attention to this week in terms of trade-in targets. Now, again, keeping with the motif, we're talking about guys coming off their round 12 buy. And at the top of this list, if you don't own this fella, we think that this guy's going to be top eight, if not a top four uh, midfielder throughout the rest of the year. And that is Andrew Brayshaw. So he, I'm assuming coming off his bike is a guy that you do move a little bit of heaven and earth to get to. Is that right?
2: Uh, Yes, I do agree. Just to go on those kicking numbers that I was looking at before, it is like a three-way split between Nick Blakey, Lloyd and Florent. Blakey's actually taking the most so far this season. Pretty close with Jake Lloyd, and then Florent just takes a few each game. So okay. probably not good signs for him returning to the Jake Lloyd of old. Uh, but yes, Andrew Brayshaw, yes, I have him currently at the moment. I've recently just done my my 22. I currently have Andrew Brayshaw as the third-highest averaging midfielder from here to the rest of the season, and a lock for the best 22. So I think that whilst I don't think he's value right now, he's priced at one hundred and sixteen. yeah value at this point of the season is less important, especially because
3: that, that guy off his buy that you don't have.
2: Yeah. The guy off the buy, if you want like the consistency, the certainty that you're going to get a guy that you're going to want in your side, he's going to stay there. You don't have to touch him for the rest yep. of the season. Then Andrew Brasher, I think is the number one option out of any position. Um, Coming well, off their round 12.
3: Bite. Since he decided, was it his calf? Since he decided that his calf wasn't an issue uh, anymore. Knee. Yep. He's got 113, 157, 105, 135, 103.
2: Yeah, I can't think of the other day. He's averaging 135 since I brought him in. So I'm pretty happy with that trade. But a little head wobble there. <laughs> but he is a guy that can go on big runs. He's got Richmond yep. this week um, and does have a couple of tasty matchups. In the final couple of weeks, he goes um, West Coast, Port and Hawthorne. So two really good matchups in the last three weeks there. So I think he's a guy that, yeah, like I sort of said, lock in for the top eight and um, potentially the top four as well for the midfielders. So he's a one that if you can get to him, he is expensive. But if you can get there, I wouldn't mind it. Um, and again, value at this point in the season is less important. The next guy here I want to talk about here is a little bit
3: cheaper, Lockie Neal. Who... This might be the guy that I'm going after this week, Mitch, and I don't know whether I like it or not. Let me sell you a bit on knocking Neil because i'm quite I'm quite keen
2: on the move um
3: I just really don't like Brisbane yeah
2: look I'll, I'll show Other you than living, I'll, like, I'll, it's
3: a fantastic place to live the team the don't footy get me team. Wrong. uh look,
2: I'll share your sentiment there, but I think that well uh, sorry to any Brisbane supporters out there we just uh you know have our own team over here that we support but look at his run coming up Hawthorne this week Juicy. we saw what Port Adelaide did to Hawthorne yep. He then goes Sydney, which, okay. But then after this, look at this. He's got St. Kilda, Richmond, West Coast, three in a row. Um, then goes up against Melbourne, Geelong, tough matchup. Gold Coast and Frio, who are also giving up really big scores. Okay. And then finishes the year with Adelaide, Collingwood, and St. Kilda again. So
3: Okay, okay. I got that hardwood back. In that, that, back. <laughs> in that yeah, run, right. if we
2: talk about Hawthorne, St. Kilda, Richmond, West Coast, Frio, Frio and St Kilda. He's got six super easy games in the next in ten things, right? games. So over half his schedule of the next, well, the next part of the season is what we would call to again borrow from the traders <laughs> the mega green side of things.
3: <laughs> um, what's he? What's he priced at in terms of like a points um, figure? Because he's eight twenty, I believe. So he's priced at ninety seven or ninety eight. He, he goes at like a one hundred three to one hundred
2: five. I'd have to say he's at least a hundred. Um, I'm a little bit worried that he's not the Lockie Neal that junks up as much as he did in the past. So I don't think he's necessarily like the one hundred eight one hundred ten guy we've just seen in the past. But yeah, he'd potentially to be like a one hundred three one hundred five guy is so a bit of value there.
3: over that stretch that you just talked about. If he if he gives you that kind of one hundred three, you're yep. happy with that because then later down the track, when you get the opportunity to, to go to the big dog that you missed, you, you can probably bridge that gap. Am I right yeah, in saying that? I,
2: I do agree. I do agree. So I think I think for me, if if you can't afford Brayshaw or you already have him, Lockie Neal to me is the number two guy that okay. I would be targeting him. And I am
3: potentially looking at him this week myself as well. If I, just selfishly again, if I can get Greenwood to Neal, you tick that off? I'll tick that off. That's an upgrade for sure. Regardless of what I have to do to get it?
2: Well, no, <laughs> I'm not going to just blanket statement saying so English yes. Dan bricks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think if you can, you know, move some undesirable pieces out of your team okay. to do that, then yeah, I think that's a good good play. Okay, let's let's compare a Lockie Neal to this next player here in Jack Steele, oh, who man. is actually
3: he, not that much more expensive. This this um, is the craziest thing, isn't it? And I've heard other people talk about this uh, on their podcast as well. Yeah. It's like, why is Jack Steele not just the guy that everyone should be targeting off this buy, like <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, asked yeah, yeah. at the start of the year okay you know you, have, you don't have steel at, at his round 12 buy okay well here's you, you, here's you pay
2: 20 more 20k more than a locking Neal and you can get jack steel he's the name okay, in lights i'm getting jack like, steel hell you yeah you do it
3: so why am i not doing that um
2: well two reasons number 1 you want to he's had some injury concerns yeah. and he, yes he he's had his bar around but I think there was talk, was it a medial or something like that? Or a PCL? Oh, or, but something that wasn't like anything to sort of brush to the side. It was mate, a decent injury that he's, he's
3: nursing. He's still a very good player
2: we got to get those crickets. <laughs> we got to get those crickets. So yes, he had those injuries and he did come out and did, uh, was it a 121 yeah, against yeah. Giants a couple of weeks ago? But then the next round he comes up and does a 78. The game before that he does a 75 and sits out that last quarter against Adelaide. Remember that. So, With ice on his knee. So, so there's we- a little bit of a concern around his health at the moment. He comes into a matchup against Sydney, Sydney, who's one of the tougher matchups of the round, and he also has a break-even of 125. The other thing to consider as well is that because this round that we're on right now, round 13, only has two teams on it, next week we're probably still going to be looking at all these round 12 players yep. again anyway. Have so, a look. So chances are you're going to be looking at two of these guys. So if, you, if, the answer is, if the question is like, in what order do you get them in? You get Neil this week. With a break even of eighty coming up against the Hawks yeah. over a steal coming up against Sydney with a break-even of one twenty-five and concerns about his knee and health and all that sort of stuff.
3: That yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Let me throw you a hypothetical. We get you get Neil this week. Yep. Steel comes out, smashes it. Well, this is the hypothetical. What does he have to do to make him a trade target for you next week? Do you know what I mean? What does he have to score? What can't he score?
2: <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I,
3: I, I want to use the eye
2: test over okay. scores. Right. Um, so I want to look at him, make sure he's running well and getting um, like his marks and spreading and, yeah. and you know sprinting confidently and all that kind of thing. Um, if you want to boil it down to some numbers, I want to see his time on ground start to come up a little bit. His last three games, he's gone 75%, 77%, 66%, 79% in his last four games. Uh, whereas the start of the year, he was close to that 80% time on ground. So if I see that number on time on ground closer to 80% than 70%, then I'm going to feel more comfortable doing it. Okay. Um, and ideally, if he, you know, I'm not so worried. If he scores a 90 or a 100, I'm still okay if those other boxes are ticked. If those other boxes are ticked and he scores a 60, then maybe not. I still wait a little bit and go for something else. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the way I look at it. So, yeah. Does that he, answer your question?
3: Yeah, he could be he could be that pick that just hits you a home run if he gets that continuity, could. couldn't he? Like he could go and on average 120. So, um in the interest of time, another yep. couple of mids that we've got here, um Sarong and then a teammate Matthew Johnson, they're kind of on either ends of the spectrum in terms of Sarong's an upgrade, Johnson down. Yeah, so
2: Sarong is kind of, kind of like that alternative to uh, a Brayshaw, neil and steel he's the he's the guy that 's obviously done really well this season, priced at nine hundred i think what's his yeah nine hundred and twenty two thousand so uh between the price points of a steel and a Brayshaw, kind of that middle guy yep. I think he again if we're talking about the rolling twenty two i don't know if he's in there, but he's a chance to definitely end up there by season's end he's priced at a hundred and nine right now, so whilst i don't think he's value maybe like a neil or a steel. There's probably he's probably closer to the top eight than a Neal is, and has less question marks than a Jack Steele does. Just so if those other two players don't float your boat and you've got a brace already, <clears throat> then Sarong would be the other guy that I'd be okay bringing in this week as well. And you've got an extra hundred k. And Matthew Johnson, like we talked about before, yeah. he's kind of that downgrade or sideways trade that I think he's going to be there. I think Diego is suspended for round thirteen, so. I think Johnson's at least going to be there this week and should get a decent, at least some midfield role. Um, So I think he is the guy that should make a little bit of money. Hopefully he, again, fingers crossed that he holds his spot um, for these next couple of weeks and he's there for the next couple of buy rounds. But he's the kind of guy that if I can downgrade to him and do the upgrade on the other end, he'd be the guy I'd be going for. Amira, yeah, suspended. Yeah.
3: Uh, forwards forwards. now don't don't tell me you're going to turn around and trade Errol Goulden in
2: I'd love to
1: (laughs) I'd love to but I don't think I
2: can so uh, I probably won't be doing it I think he's very expensive Uh, Josh Dunkley if you don't have him is also probably a good purchase as well because we talked about that run for Neil Dunkley obviously has the same run so those guys are, are kind of more or less obvious
3: if you haven't had them all season now is probably the time you try and get them in now the last name that you got here, on, do do you want to talk about this name? Or I do, I do. Okay. Nat, well, we you well, Nat of, Fife. You floated it on the couch on the weekend, and I told you you were crazy. But yeah. he's justify. Four, he's
2: four hundred forty-five thousand. Um, it's cheap. He's a brownlee
3: medalist. It's cheap. He is someone who's
2: only a hundred thousand more than a Matthew Johnson, who's obviously an untested, untried rookie. He's been slowly building up his time on ground, slowly building up um, the midfield role. And I think that the experiments of the forward, at least permanent forward role is over. I think he still splits a little bit forward and mid. Yeah, But I think he still
3: gets a little bit more run in the midfield. So so for people listening, people who go, oh, Mitch has Mitch gone crazy. But talk about the, the scenario where you'd look at this. What, like, Why would you go down this road? What do you see it being for you? The
2: scenario that you look at this is that you look at your forward line, you see five or six round 15 by players. <laughs> And you go, fuck. Who's going to play in my forward line in round fifteen? Do I want to trade in a Dylan Moore? Do I want to trade in a Ben Keys or someone like that? I mean, maybe you do, but again, those guys are going to cost you way more than a Nat Five. Is Keyes um,
3: going to cost you. Keys is six hundred now. Six hundred.
2: He's two hundred k more. So a Nat Five is a cheap option that has the potential to score an eighty or a ninety. And on it's just one of those right get day.
3: you through the. I think it's not it's, he's
2: not an upgrade he's not a he's not a guy it's like one of those sideways moves or even like a downgrade say you downgrade a Fiorini or an Atkins to an at five or something yeah. like that you're getting a player that's forward eligible that has the potential to do something in the right role if he doesn't go crazy like what happened to go with me his score drops off it doesn't count it's you true. haven't lost all that much
3: I still don't feel good about it but at the end of the day you've got to. I don't feel good about
2: it. Maybe it's not even a this week play. It might be a next week play because his break even is Mm -hmm. still 79. So even if he comes out and scores a ton, he's not going up very much. Um, But then you would have the confidence to jump into it. So he might be a watch this week and a trade in next week. But just someone that I want to be on everyone's radar as uh, maybe a potential solution, a cheap solution for your round 15 forward issues. Yeah, Um, just
3: flagging it. Nothing wrong with that. Now we're making a habit of these long podcasts, aren't we? But should we? Um, we love and- the buy rounds, don't we? We do. Should we jump on um, Twitter and we did have some questions and some
2: ones that I think are worth going over. So we talked about Ben Keys before. Yeah. Let's also lump in a Briggs into the situation as okay. well. Briggs. These guys that obviously went gangbusters last week yeah. are cheap compared to what they're going to produce. Is it too late to get in a Keys or a
3: Briggs? Well, the, I now. think they're they're slightly different when we talk about them in the fact that uh, Briggs is Positional. on the ruck line. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's there's no way that I feel like I'd be endorsing somebody going. If you've got the Marshall English combo, I wouldn't be endorsing just randomly trading Trading one of these guys. And I also wouldn't be endorsing trying to get Briggs in a R3 or anything as well. I think that would just completely fuck your team up. But um, if you've got one of those, you know, spicier picks in the ruck line and you felt like that that ruckman wasn't going to be the guy that you're going to see through, maybe there's a cash grab where you downgrade someone to Briggs and then ride this cash run a little bit and then get it up to English or Marshall later. Like, do you see a scenario there where you you don't have English or Marshall? Let's say you've got... Let's say you've got like Wits uh, Wits. this yeah. week. He's on the buy. So so what would be wrong with going like you've got Marshall and Wits, you go Wits down to Briggs to ride this cash, you get a playing player this week, and then you try and at some point then get to English. Um,
2: the risk is that obviously you've got Wits, he's got the pop bar, uh, round 13 buy-around. Yeah. Um, he would have helped you around 15 when both English and, and Briggs. Briggs are on their buy round. Yeah. So you would need to make sure that you've planned that well enough and you've got and again, we look at our forward lines and that sort of stuff for the round yeah. fifteen. Make sure that buy round isn't catastrophic, but yeah. theoretically, that play would work, and you'd be okay having Briggs even into round sixteen. I think, based he's on seen, what I've seen, he's still he seems really solid. It, it he? looks like he's going to be okay. So it's not the worst case scenario if he's still in your team after the buy rounds, and then you get him up to uh, an English or whatever like that um, afterwards. But it's just that round fifteen buy yeah. is awkward, <laughs> and yeah, I just don't know what kind of rucks you've got there. That you might be doing it. So, like yeah. you said, if you've already got English and Marshall,
3: I probably wouldn't endorse the move from Darcy to Briggs last last week. That was that was the that move. was the play. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's so uh, a fellow with a. So let's a, talk about keys. Yeah, then. with a more friendly buy round is is keysy um, hurt me a little bit this week because I got Greenwood instead of keys. I never had the the um, cash to get to keys anyway. It was really because yeah, you
2: wanted to do Laird as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, but look, the, the black and white answer is. If Keys is in that role for the rest of the year, then absolutely, it is definitely not too late to jump on that.
2: Well, he could be—he could be a top six guy, which is um, insanity.
3: But at a really cheap price. But what, so let's talk. Let's actually talk about how Adelaide have played when Keys is in the midfield, because I actually think that there might be something to the fact that they actually haven't. Well, they lost. Um, been performing as well. Yeah, they lost. they lost. Did they lose last week as well?
2: Actually, let me have a look at that. and Let
3: me double check. Um, My memory is so short.
2: Do do do. So they verse the Suns and they verse Brisbane. No, they beat Brisbane. They beat Brisbane. They did beat Brisbane. Yeah, okay. The and other they... game that they played, him in the midfield, was against Collingwood, and I think they lost to Collingwood.
3: So, but, but the short answer is, like, and you would agree, absolutely, yes, you've got to get this guy in if you think that he's going to play that midfield role for the rest of the year. I, I would say it's almost like a must trade in.
2: So he's gone. He's gone into the midfield for what reason? He's gone in there to. He's locked in Matty Rao last round. Yeah.
3: Bigger bodied Brisbane midfield.
2: The round before, he he was with Neil at stoppages. Yeah. Okay. Again, Brisbane have got a, probably a bigger midfield than most other teams in the comp. Yeah. Um, and the other time he went in the middle was to tag Dacos when he went into the middle. It was kind of like a reaction because he started on Dacos yeah. in the, de- the defensive line. Dacos went into the middle. Keys just kind of followed him in. His next couple of games, he comes up against the Eagles. Well, who's he tagging at the Eagles? Yeah, you wouldn't have thought um, so. I wouldn't have thought he's, he's tagging in there. He's the guy's by then, obviously. And then he's got West, uh, Collingwood again. So say he goes to Dacos again. Again, you've got a bit of that cat and mouse kind of thing. Does Dacos yeah. play defense or mid? Maybe he might go in mid
3: if, if he's there. So would you So would you wait one more week? And if it happens again against the Eagles, then you think, oh, shit, maybe this is a thing?
2: Yeah. If he's in there against the Eagles, then he's obviously not doing a tagging job. He's just in there because he's there for third or fourth but,
3: mid. I'd love to hear Adelaide um, fans' perspective on this, but I think they look a better team when Rochelle's in there. I
2: agree. Like, um, they were doing so well at the start of the year when it was Rochelle, when it was Saligo, when it was... Key's a gun. There's other young like, young
3: guys. Kesey's a gun, but Kesey's like in that accumulator-led type role where he just... He, bullies people, he gets the footy, he yeah. racks the pill up, but Richelli might have less possessions. They use him, but it just, better. Yeah. yeah. And they're so, they more damaging. Yeah. If Bales is if watching this, I'd be interested to get his thoughts. Um, but yeah. So I, my, my
2: opinion as like a blanket rule is that you don't, Go if you if you didn't get him last week you don't get him this, this week. week. Yeah, I'd rather be trying to prioritise getting that upgrade to around twelve buy player because again, similar to what we said before about those other guys, if he goes big, yes, he's going to go up in cash and his break even is low at twenty five, so he will make money. But then you've at least got the certainty that he's in there as a midfielder moving forward. Yeah, and he's still going to be cheap for what he could potentially oh, do. Like he's, he's he was down like three hundred thousand before last week. Yeah, so you've still got. Uh, a cheaper forward that you can put in there, I would just want another week to make sure that's the case and then the guys who did get him in, he's got his buy, they've got the dilemma of do I keep him, do I trade him on his buy, what do I do? Yeah, true. Um, You avoid that dilemma and if he's the guy that you want after the buy round at round 15, then you get yeah, him. So yeah. for mine, I think...
3: You wait. Yeah, you could even do like a Sheezle or Zeeble down. Yeah, um, you could. Yeah, yeah. the, the round point, after. because
2: yeah. yeah, he's he's going to be still at that point cheaper, much so cheaper than is, a Sheezle. You can make some cash. You can make some cash while well, one's going up, that, one's going down.
3: And in that role, he'll average more than she's and, and you'll have
2: more certainty. You'll have yeah. more certainty by then. Look, it was a it was a great play last week oh, because anyone play. you got in, you had that buy around dilemma. Yep. Um, but this week... I don't like it as much now. There's a scenario where I'm wrong, and obviously, if you jump on it, does prove to be a great pick. He yeah. suits your buy rounds. He helps around fifteen forward line. Great if you're set up well there. But I think the general opinion I have is that probably it was a last week, not this week yeah. play.
3: Oh, he could. Um, he could be the keys to success. So you, you never know. We'll so, see. Um, right. That was that was the lowest of low hanging fruit. <laughs> that was a good one, I thought. Uh, all right, uh, do we have any other questions?
2: Let's. Uh, a lot of them we have covered them already. I'll extend that same sort of discussion to Darcy Cameron. Is he still a good option? I think we've kind of already answered that. That I'd probably prefer to wait after the buy rounds.
3: Yeah, and and I think uh, yeah we kind of brought it up before. I'm looking at it as a potential play after he comes off his buy now, um, especially if I can make it as like a cash grab from from a sheasel or something like that. If I'm looking to get off him, so yeah.
2: One, one more name I'll throw at you um, that we haven't discussed that a few people are wanting to know. Chad Warner is another guy coming for his buy-around um, midfielder. 831000 So he's actually more expensive than a Lockie Neal. Some people are asking him or Lockie Neal. I'm Lockie Neal 10 days out of 10.
3: Yeah, it's like it's interesting. So he's gone since round 7, 113, 99, 104, 115, 105, which is kind of similar to what Neal's done in terms of overall. Neal had one little stinker in that period, but... I don't know. Is it the is it the pedigree of Lockie Neal that gets you across the I line? I think it is, is the it?
2: pedigree. I mean, we've seen him, you know, put up a couple of really poor scores. He's got three scores under sixty five so far this year. Yeah. The ceiling also isn't super high. Like his highest score of the year is one hundred and fifteen, oh sorry, one hundred and seventeen in round one. Yeah. So when you've got a floor under sixty five and a ceiling not over one twenty, they're just not the kind of players that I prefer to jump on. His Run coming up is good. Um, St. Kilda this week, then Lions, then West Coast, then Geelong, then Richmond. So three out of the next five are good. Yeah. Two are probably tougher. But I'm just – hes again, hes falls into that category of more impact, less accumulator kind of player, and I just rather a locking Neal because um, at the start of the season I had him higher projected than I did at Chad Warner. So I'll, uh, I'll go that guy when they're the same price. Yeah. Sure. But that uh, that might do it us there, man. I think there's a few more questions, but I think we've answered them a lot during the podcast as well. Okay. So hopefully, if you have any other questions, we can um we'll go through them on the uh, Friday live show when we do our, yeah. our
3: podcast with beers in hand. Hopefully, I'll be feeling a little bit better now. We we got oh, you beach. got through well, yeah, an hour and twenty too. Um, so daytime podcasts are dangerous we're just rambling on we're (laughs) going to know where to be yeah
2: that's it mate Uh, but yeah thank you guys for those who have tuned in make sure you give this uh, video a big thumbs up if you're watching over on YouTube if you are also watching on YouTube make sure you hit subscribe and as well if you're listening on the podcast feel free to drop a rating and review wherever you're listening to it if you've enjoyed the in-season content as well and uh, we'll see you guys on Friday for our live show until then laters